Welcome to the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast with your hosts, John Helmkamp, Matthew Betts, and Matt Okada. Oh, baby. Welcome back to the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast. Fellas, I don't even want to say anything else before I say this. We look good. If you are listening in your podcast app, you need to pause it. You need to go over to YouTube and you need to search for Red Shirts Fantasy Football. And you need to look at the graphics that are on your screen. Brand spanking new, courtesy of Okada. Putting those together for the show. Uh, Okada, you crushed it, man. Uh, I didn't think it was possible, but we made John's beard look even better on camera. Uh, thank you. Yeah, I was like, the amount of sexiness inside the little camera boxes is so high. I don't know what shape that is. That's not a, a that's like a, <laughs> that's not a box. You get what I'm saying. I don't know what that is. I had, we had to match what was inside that level of sexiness on the outside. So that's what we went for here. Absolutely. Uh, man, we have... A lot to get to tonight, so we're going to keep the intro short. We are previewing all the landing spots for the NFL Draft. If you're listening to this in your podcast app, it is Wednesday. That means you have less than 24 hours, probably, until the NFL Draft starts, or about 24 hours. So you need to listen, you need to study, you need to, to figure out where these landing spots are, and we're going to help you do that because rookie drafts are literally right around the corner. A lot of leagues starting with their rookie drafts on Monday. Our rookie rankings after the draft will be up on the website uh, probably Monday morning. And quick reminder to everyone, redshirtsfantasyfootball.com. We have so much content going up this week. We had a three-round rookie mock draft article go up today by John. I put up some NFL draft prop bets. We all collaborated to look at our ideal landing spots for these rookies. So check it out on the website. Of course, follow us on social media. You'll see it on your screen. If you're watching on YouTube uh, and if you're listening, that is at RedshirtsFFPod on Twitter, on Instagram, and Facebook. All right, boys, I want to get right into this news drop here. We have so much to talk about tonight. I got great news, guys. Oh, news. Hey, news. News, news, He is back, Rob Gronkowski, back on a football field. He is now catching passes from Tom Brady, not New England. He is in Tampa, sent to the Bucks for uh, a fourth-round pick in exchange for Gronk and a seventh. we got to go right over to Okada, man. How are you feeling about Gronk back on a football field? I feel great about it. Um, I love Gronk. I love that he's back playing football. It is something that I predicted uh, shortly after his retirement. Uh, I did kind of expect it would be with the Patriots, but then again, I also expected Brady to be with the Patriots, which means if he was still there, Gronk would be with the Patriots. Now he's clearly going to Tampa Bay to play, specifically to play with his boy, Thomas Edward Patrick Brady, also my boy. Um, It's it's pretty interesting. It, obviously, the big discussion that has rocked Twitter, or at least fantasy football Twitter, is are we going to see a resurgence? Did Gronk take his year and rest up and get healthy and get a little fit and he's going to come back and be old twenty early 2010s, you know, 15 touchdown Gronk? Or did he just get another year older and the Gronk that was already waning is now going to be waned even more and it's just as a run-blocking tight end and a friend to Tom? 
So that's what the crux comes down to. I will say either way, I think that it hurts Mike Evans a little bit. Yep. Because they play a somewhat similar game down the field, high uh, air yards, touchdown, red zone, threat type of players. Even if Gronk doesn't get the 11 touchdowns or the 10 touchdowns, it's possible he gets six, seven, and takes a lot of those targets away from Evans. So I think that's the most major impact. It also probably helps Brady a little bit. I'd say a lot a bit. This is a comfortability thing. And low-key, if he's on the field a lot, and this is something you won't hear very often in this conversation, it helps the running back that they're going to draft because he isn't the best run-blocking tight end in football possibly ever, uh, at least for someone who can also catch passes. So we'll see who they get. Hopefully it's someone we like, and this will help that player as well. Yeah, it's it's fascinating to me. I'm I'm curious about his health to see how it went. I mean, a, a year away can do wonders. Um, you know, if he was able to to heal up and he gets to go back, now this is the only appropriate usage of Tampa Bay ever is when talking about Gronk getting back with Tampa or getting back with Brady because literally the only reason he's there is because of Tom Brady. He said, I'm not going to come back unless I can catch passes from Tom Brady. So, Tampa Bay, you earned it. Take your slogan. Run with it. Print t-shirts with Gronk spikes. Do all the stuff. Um, and it's, it's very interesting to me. As a Mike Evans owner, I cursed several times immediately when I saw the news. Because, I mean, it's entirely possible that he shaves off, you know, four of Mike Evans' touchdowns over the course of the season. Um, especially because they have the familiarity between Gronk and Brady. So in the red zone, he's probably going to look to the guy that he's been throwing the ball to before, I don't... A decade. Rem- a decade, right? Close to it. Yep. I can't remember exactly how long it's been. He's going to look to that guy instead of two wide receivers he's never played with. So I don't know. The trust and familiarity factor there definitely benefits Gronk. I think it's a nice security blanket for Brady. And I think there's a conversation to be had if if Brady is a top 12 fantasy quarterback option this year. Now, Betts, I think the most important question for you, and it's the one that I brought up initially that a lot of people are going to be thinking about, is, is he going to be in playing shape or is this going to hurt him? Uh, I remember Le'Veon Bell... When he held out for a while that one year, not the year he took the whole year off, although he wasn't good last year either, but prior to that when he took off the whole offseason in several games and he came back and got hurt really early, and it's just the kind of thing where you're not quite in football shape, and of course this particular offseason is going to be especially difficult with the uh, all the COVID-19 stuff in regards to that, so do you see him coming back and being healthy and staying healthy, or is this going to be a dangerous situation? I think it depends on what you're looking for out of Gronk, especially as a fantasy option. I think he will have good games. I think he will contribute a lot to the offense. I'm just not as hyped about him in fantasy with this news as maybe other people are. And part of it is the history of his injuries. Remember, the last time we saw him, he only went for like 600 or so yards, uh, played in, I think, 13 games. Really was not himself at all, which kind of led to him stepping away from football dealing with uh, the back soreness coming off of now two back surgeries in his history. And so, yeah, I don't know, man. I, 31 in May, I'm probably in the camp that this helps the Buccaneers more than it helps your fantasy roster. Yep. Um, but like you said, 
even in that game film from that season, Gronk looked totally elite as a blocker. I think he has lost a step in terms of speed. I think he, you know, was moving at way less than 100%. So as a blocker, I love it for the running game in, in Tampa. I think he'll catch a handful of touchdown passes, no doubt, steal some from Mike Evans. Um, but I'm not super excited about him from a fantasy football perspective uh, personally, which is a great segue because we had a bunch of, of responses come in on Twitter. I put this out from the show, uh, the show account, and I said, fill in the blank. Rob Gronkowski finishes as tight end blank in fantasy football in 2020. I responded about 12. Like it feels like 12 to 14 is kind of right for that range. Uh, where do you guys fall in that prediction here for his end of season ranking? It's really tough because he could easily be six if he's fully healthy and scores enough touchdowns or useless. Um, my wow, that was cute. You guys, only the only the video watchers will understand. <laughs> that was synchoed. The, that was really cute. John yeah. and Beth just took a drink in perfect unison. <laughs> wow, really threw nice. me off. We're dialed into it, man. Um, <laughs> A-plus content. Uh, what the heck was I saying? Oh, yeah, Rob Gronkowski. <laughs> I, I I put him probably in the 10 to 12 range as well. Um, I think that he's going to get 60, 70, 80 targets. I think there's every opportunity for him to do that and scores six touchdowns. And if you score six touchdowns, screw the targets. You're already a tight end one in fantasy. So that puts him in that conversation automatically. I think that's fair. Um I think there is a very large range of outcomes with Gronk, mm-hmm. which concerns me. Um, yes, I did rush to the waivers, and I did pick him up and stash him on one of my teams today. It did happen. Um, because the possibility is there with the familiarity with, with Brady and if he's healthy and if he's there. Everything has to go right for Gronk to return tight end one numbers there's also the fear that it's a bruce arian system which is generally not tight end friendly um Mm. it's all new language it's all new play calling you do have two very very good wide receivers on that team in chris chris godwin and mike evans and then there's the potential of drafting a pass catching running back as well when Gronk was featured in New England, it was because they didn't have all of the wide receiver weapons that Brady's going to have at his disposal. It was Gronk, and it was, like, James White. Edelman. And Edelman, yeah. Like, it was check down short routes and Gronk. It wasn't, I have two potentially top 12 or 14 wide receiver options on the outside. So... Um, it's a big range of outcomes. I'm not sure exactly how it's going to go. I'm, I think, more on the hesitant side and would put him... Oh, jeez, oh, but the upside's there. I don't know. I'd put him, I think, 12 is safe. 12 to 14, somewhere in that range, I think, is where I'd probably slot him in right now. Uh, and I will say, for redraft purposes, for everybody, if you're listening right now and you're, you're going to play redraft, which most of the redrafts... Low, you will. Uh, You're going to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he will get overdrafted. Absolutely. He. There's no way that in your home leagues, Rob Gronkowski does not get overdrafted. Because people see he's still with Tom Brady. People see he's playing. And they will draft him as a top six tight end because awesome they know his name. Yeah. And he will not finish, most likely, 
most likely in that range. So don't buy him at that price, please. Yeah, definitely. If that's where he's going to go, I will not have any Gronk this year, um, which is sad to say because the NFL and TV and fantasy is better when Gronk is on the field. So hopefully he bounces back here. Uh, man, so fascinating to see what's going to happen there in Tampa. Literally a 180 degree turn compared to what they had last year. So it's going to be super interesting to watch what unfolds in Tampa. Uh, guys, we're going to get right into the NFL draft landing spots next. But before we do, remind all of the listeners and watchers, John and I are going to be live streaming round one of the NFL draft on Periscope, which you can find us on uh, Twitter at RedshirtsFFPod. We'll also be on our YouTube channel, so hit that subscribe button so you don't miss it. You know when we are live. Uh, it's going to be a ton of fun. Okada, unfortunately, is going to be working, so he won't be there with us, but John and I are going to hold it down. And then tomorrow night, or if you're listening to this, tonight on Wednesday, um, John and I, again, Okada, unfortunately working, are going to be participating in a one-round NFL mock draft with a lot of super, super interesting names Seriously in this community. Big names. Bigger names than us. We're just Way. some dudes on this We're live stream. We're small fish in this thing. Uh, ESPN personalities, the best fantasy analysts that we have in this industry. It is going to be unreal. So that is on YouTube at Ben Heisler's uh, Twitter account. At Benny Heist, good friend of the show. Check that out. Uh, that kicks off at 8 Eastern, uh, I believe. The last reminder, and this Oof. one's huge. You're going to want to get this in before uh, the NFL draft starts on Thursday. We're giving away one of these bad boys, which, again, if you're watching on the YouTube, you will see a Red Shirts Fantasy Football customized mug giving it away literally for free. All you have to do is reply to the tweet that is pinned to our show account at Red Shirts FF Pod. And predict uh, the most accurate of the responses wins, but predict the top 10 draft picks in the NFL draft. It's that simple. So that's all you got to do to win one of those mugs. All right, boys, on to the NFL draft. We are looking at the landing spots uh, for all of the fantasy relevant positions. And we decided as a show, we'll probably skip tight end because this tight end class isn't super interesting. It's not that great. Quarterbacks, we'll talk about if there is an opening, for example, Cincinnati, for example, Miami. Otherwise, we'll probably skip it. We want to focus a lot on the running backs and wide receivers. We're going to try to keep it quick, try to keep it concise, because we want to get to all 32 teams on this show and not Ooh. have you listen to a podcast Woo! for three hours. So <laughs> with that being said, we're going to kick it off with those Cincinnati Bengals. We're going to start in the AFC North. John, you are up. Talk to us about the landing spot uh, for the Bengals. Yeah, so uh, this is a quarterback obvious situation. Um, they will be addressing quarterback at the top of the draft, either with the first or if someone comes and offers them a truckload of picks, they might move down a little bit and take another quarterback. Could happen. Um, running back, not ideal. Joe Mixon is already there and encamped as, as that role. Um, any running back that goes there is not an ideal situation. It's, it's a running back that... Uh, will struggle mightily to be on the field. They still also have Giovanni Bernard on the roster. Wide receiver, though, is interesting. Wide receiver, they have uh, John Ross, who is a speed demon deep threat, uh, but not a like possession wide receiver that's going to get a lot of looks. AJ Green is back for one more year. He's getting older, but this could be a situation if they address wide receiver in the top three rounds, that could be a really interesting landing spot paired with a young quarterback. Definitely. I think that that's a great point is that 
This might not be the year for that wide receiver given the depth that they have right now, but things could change very, very quickly. And if you pair that wide receiver with, we're assuming, Joe Burrow at one, then that is really intriguing for Dynasty. So Mm -hmm. definitely keep an eye on those wide receivers to Cincinnati. We're on to the Steelers. Okada, let's break it down. All right. Uh, Quarterback, not likely here. They have a couple guys behind Big Ben, although they still are searching for their answer. If they were to go someone, I would like it for that quarterback down the line if it was like a third or fourth round guy. But running back, that is definitely where things are interesting. James Conner has dealt with endless injuries. Jalen Samuels, not really expected to be a lead or feature back. Certainly a nice piece in that offense, but he's not going to be their RB1 in my opinion. Benny Snell, a guy they drafted last year, uh, he's he's very meh. In my opinion, he's a a goal line guy and a change of pace guy every now and then. This is a spot that I think is going to be top, maybe top eight or so. I'd have to rank them, I guess, to figure out landing spot for running backs for me. And in fact, if you read our recent uh, landing spots article, I sent Cam Akers here to the to the Steelers. Love it. I would love that. I would love that for Cam Akers. I would love it for a lot of different running backs, especially Akers, because he kind of fits a Le'Veon Bell. mold in a lot of ways that they're looking to replace so pretty good for running backs for receivers it's interesting so they got Juju Smith-Schuster they also have Deontay Johnson who led all rookies in receptions last year crazy stat that people don't necessarily know or remember and also James Washington uh, as far as the young guys go they also have Ryan Switzer who's an okay slot guy but not really um I would like to see a big a big receiver go yep. here. If they, if they draft a big-bodied receiver, uh, this would be a really nice spot. If they got a T. Higgins or a uh, uh, Gandy Golden even type of player, uh, but then, then it's a good spot. Otherwise, if they go for a speed guy or something like that, I don't really like it too much. I don't think there's going to be a ton of targets to go around necessarily. Yeah, good breakdown there for the Steelers. We're on to the Ravens, led by Lamar Jackson. Of course, they will not address quarterback. Tight end, they've got Mark Andrews. They are set there, and it seems like they always have like six on the roster anyway. So they probably will draft one because they always do, but he probably won't be fantasy relevant. But the wide receivers and running backs, super, super interesting for this roster. This team wants to run the ball a ton with Lamar Jackson. Mark Ingram, we just saw, be a running back one last year in fantasy. But... He's getting a little bit older. I believe he only has one more year left on his contract. And so if they take a rookie this year to kind of replace Justice Hill as the backup to Mark Ingram, that is going to skyrocket that running back up our ranks because we know if it's not this year with Mark Ingram there, it's definitely next year, especially if they address the position in the early rounds. So watch out for a running back to Baltimore. Same thing for the wide receivers, guys. They don't really have playmakers outside of Marquise Brown, who is a nice asset for their NFL roster. We're not huge fans of him here for fantasy, but he opens the field up immensely for that team and really can get deep, take the top off the defense. They lack that possession receiver outside of Mark Andrews. So again, look for more of that possession type of receiver to go here, but it's a great offense and you know fantasy gold all around as we saw last year. So I'm really intrigued by the running backs here and the wide receivers. Very quick question before we move on to the Browns. If a good wide receiver goes here, can they have wide receiver one fantasy upside given the situation of with the offense and the way that it runs in Lamar Jackson at QB? Rookie year? No, just ever even. 
I don't see it. Okay. I, I, I do, don't but see wide receiver the, two. But, oh, Bet sees it. I don't see the volume. I do. I, I don't see the okay. volume to support a wide receiver one upside, even if it's an elite talent. Um, but I mean, kind of like a Tyler Lockett situation, and obviously we're talking receivers mm. that are going to be more talented than a Lockett, but a someone that's going to be right on that cusp of around like twelve to fifteen every year is mm-hmm. probably the ceiling for me for a wide receiver in Baltimore. Would would be my I agree my guess. Yeah, I think short term that's that's spot on definitely. I think long term there's a chance. I mean, I'm not the biggest Lamar Jackson as a passer supporter because we just haven't seen it yet. So, I mean, he's still super young. He's still developing as a a thrower of the football. So if that continues to improve, and as we see year after year. These guys that are running quarterbacks, they take time to slowly kind of phase that out. And again, we're not saying that's going to happen this year or next year, but in three, four or five years, you're going to tell me that Lamar Jackson rushes the ball 50 times less per season then the passing volume is going to go up. Can the arm get there? Maybe we'll see. And if it does, then I think a, a wide receiver could put up wide receiver one numbers, but it's so, it's so tricky because it's so far out to predict. So I think it's possible, not likely in the short term though. Uh, for me all right guys last team in this division we have the cleveland browns we are back to john um i'm gonna make this really short and sweet if any player goes to the browns they're dead to me that's <laughs> <laughs> pretty fair yeah they have i mean what a talented Nick- team in the nfl arguably yeah uh, and i still don't know why they're not putting up massive numbers they're good at quarterback baker mayfield they're not going to replace him anytime soon nick chubb kareem hunt odell beckham jr jarvis landry Austin Hooper, David Njoku. There is not a single skill position wow. starting player like availability on this team at all. If a rookie skill position player goes there, they're dead to me. I'm not. Can I'm I not interest you in a kicker? <laughs> I think they need one. So they maybe. need okay. one, man. There we go. Maybe fourth round kicker. That's it. Let's get him. <laughs> all right, we'll keep it short and sweet. There, wrap up the AFC yep. North. Uh, let's go to the AFC South. Let's talk about the Texans first. We're going to kick it over to Okada. All right. Clearly no quarterback need here. So let's just skip right over that. Go to running back. David Johnson. Interesting. Short-term deal. Duke Johnson behind him. It's possible that they draft a young guy, especially someone who's maybe a developmental talent, that you could see him be pretty valuable down the line here. We saw, we've seen like Lamar Millers and Carlos Hydes be valuable in this offense. So... I'd be okay taking like a fourth round NFL guy with a third or fourth round uh, fantasy rookie pick if he yep. goes here. So interesting. Wide receiver, however, is spicy. Very nice. You've got Deshaun Watson, a quarterback. DeAndre Hopkins is gone. That's a butt ton, literal butt ton of targets up for grabs. They attempted <laughs> to replace him with Brandon Cooks, but Yikes. Brandon Cooks is not a volume guy and he's also unlikely to stay on the field. Beyond that, they've got Kenny Stills and Will Fuller, who also aren't going to stay on the field, and Randall Cobb, who's old. So if a young, talented receiver goes here, he will be very valuable, in my opinion. That is a very nice spot. Also, by the way, just throwing this out there, tight end, if someone's going to get one, could be interesting here. They've never had a good one in Bill O'Brien or Deshaun Watson's tenure. Um, Give me Denzel Mims staying in the state of Texas, going to the Mm. Houston Texans, and I would eat that up. Yes, please. That's intriguing. Um, does it worry you guys that within three years, once this receiver reaches his prime, that he'll be dealt away for a third round pick? 
<laughs> is that oh, is that a concern? No, because there's not a chance in mm, that Bill O'Brien is still in charge of personnel in three years. True, That's it's not going to happen. There's no way. Yeah, I would love to see Mims or, or another wide receiver land there. Definitely a huge area of need. We're going to go over to the Colts here. Uh, I'm going to take the lead on the Colts. This is a team that could definitely use a running back. Now, Marlon Mack has been How good. How dare you, sir? Has he? I like Marlon Mack. How dare I think he's you, a, a totally fine option. Is he a great pass catcher? Not really. Uh, they have Naheem Hines there as a depth piece. Great pass so, catcher. Great pass, great pass catcher. For Philip no Rivers, about it. love it. For Philip Rivers, for sure. Which, again, brings me to my next point with needing running back. In a year or two. So they'll probably address the position. Do they take a top-tier guy? I'm not sure. But they definitely need to address quarterback with Phillip Rivers there only on a one-year deal. Obviously, he is entering the uh, the twilight year, so to speak, of his career. There's been a lot of mocks with Jordan Love going to this roster. So we'll see what happens there. But quarterback, for sure. Wide receiver is also really interesting because T.Y. Hilton, yes, he's 30. So he's not old, so to speak. But he's getting up there. And he struggled to stay on the field this last year. Zach Pascal, I'm still convinced, is kind of a question mark at this stage. Paris Campbell was a rookie last year, missed almost the entire season because of injury. So I think this offense, who we know has a great offensive line and a really, really good system there, is super intriguing for all skill positions, uh, including tight end with Jack Doyle also kind of entering yeah. age 28, 29, I think. So, yeah, man, any skill position player that lands here in Indy, I'm going to be really excited about um, specifically the wide receivers and the pass catchers. I'm intrigued to see what happens there. Well, and they have an elite young offensive line as well. So if they yep. do go running back, you know, they're not going to go running back in the first round. It's going to be quarterback. Like it's, I think, pretty locked in that they're going to go quarterback in the first round is what it sounds like. Um, but if they go running back on day two, they're giving a lot of capital and a lot of faith to that young running back and expecting him to step in behind that offensive line. Um, yeah, that's juicy. I I love that. If you can get a... Well, maybe a Swift might last to them. Probably not. No, he's not going to last that long. Jonathan Taylor won't last till their second pick. I don't think Clyde Edwards-Alaire fits the mold. Um this could be another really good spot for a cam makers or if they wait a little bit longer and go Keyshawn Vaughn um, in Indy, I think that that would be an intriguing pick as well. Yeah, definitely agree. I would love Vaughn to land an Indy behind that line. Yep. Uh, I think he would do really, really well. All right, John, we're back to you, man. We're going over to the Jaguars here. Uh, it kind of feels like they need to fill all skill positions. <laughs> Tell me where you're most excited about. Yeah, they need everything. Um, my last one was the Browns where if you go there, you're dead to me. This one, if you go there, you have a chance at every position. Um, <laughs> if they decide to take a quarterback, he could push Minshew potentially. Um, if they go, well, first and foremost, I think Leonard Fournette's getting dealt on mm. Thursday, potentially. Mm. Um, he's on his way out. He's gone. When the Jaguars say that they are exploring air quotes, exploring trading a player, he's gone. They've already made up their mind that they're trading him. So Leonard Fournette will be gone at some point. Someone's going to take him. If it happens during the draft, I think that makes a lot of sense. So there's going to be a huge gaping opportunity for a running back to step in. Um, it's going to be a fantastic situation from a volume standpoint. They don't have the best offensive line. Their quarterback play, I'm still unsure with Minshew. 
Um, he's exciting. He threw it all over the yard last year. I, I'm not sure if he's the long-term answer there. Uh, wide receivers, they have DJ Shark and nobody else. So <laughs> if another wide receiver goes, um, that wide receiver has a real chance to carve out a very good role there as well. So um, this is a draft capital thing for me. If they spend well on a player to go there, that player has a real chance to contribute early and often. Um, If they go late, they still have a chance probably to compete for a gig. So I think it's an intriguing situation. Jaguars are in real full rebuild though. From Mm -hmm. a dynasty standpoint, it's if a skill player goes there, you need to understand that you're playing the long game. You're not playing for 2020 production necessarily. You might get it, but they're, they're tearing it down. So it might be a situation where if you take a wide receiver, you're like, okay, I'm pretty much going to hold this guy for two or three years and wait for the team to kind of come back. Maybe they get Trevor Lawrence there that, that brings the offense up by 20% of overall production. So it's intriguing, but it's a long play. If a skill player goes to Jacksonville for me. Yeah, I think that's a great breakdown. One thing that I was kind of considering um, with this team is there's been some news and some rumors that Tua might slip in this draft. Yep. Obviously, there's the injury injury concerns. And if he doesn't go at five or six to one of these teams or like we've been talking about, the Patriots don't come up and get him or someone like that. If he falls to nine, do you guys think they might take a chance on him? There's a yes. an idea that I have in my head that like ownership, I feel like is just not happy with the way things have gone in the last couple of years. They missed on Pat Mahomes. They missed on Deshaun Watson. They passed on all these top tier quarterbacks. Do you think ownership comes down and just says like, listen, it's time. Take the guy. Let's build around him. That's kind of intriguing to me. Like John said, though, it would be a super long, long play, right? That's not going to matter a ton for fantasy this year. We talked about the lack, lack of pass catchers, but that's something I'm going to keep an eye on um, and really, really am intrigued by for what happens on Thursday. All right, boys, we are on to the next team here. Let's go over to the Titans and Okada. Take it away. All righty. Titans are pretty interesting. Running back situation sounds yucky because they have Derrick Henry, the leading rusher of the NFL. But the thing is, they franchise tagged Derrick Henry and gave their long-term contract to Ryan Tannehill. What that tells me is that they're potentially open to finding a replacement for Derrick Henry, which is hard to do. But if they draft a running back in the first four rounds and he kind of fits the mold of this offense and the Derrick Henry style, uh, I'm not trying to say thick freakness, but, you know, maybe ah, if they drafted yes. A.J. Dillon. Uh, A.J. Dillon is not Derrick Henry. No, he's not he's even not. close. Let's put that uh, disclaimer on it right now. Yes. He's not Derrick Henry. But if they go for a running back, I think it could be a sneaky good landing spot in the long term because if he's good enough, they could move on from Derrick Henry rather than playing, paying him the fat contracts that typically don't seem to work out for these running backs. As her wide receiver, it's kind of weird. A.J. Brown and Corey Davis are both there. They're both young. They're both you know, talented, supposedly. High draft capital. Corey Davis has underwhelmed, but they kind of fit a similar mold and role which is a you know a route running technician type guy. I would like to see a speed guy go Slot go guy. here. Yeah, someone who could stretch the field. A KJ Hamler maybe, Ooh, that's or a Brandon Ayuk. Some I don't think Henry Ruggs will go here, but no. someone like that who can stretch this offense out, help get the field a little bit deeper. That could be interesting to me, and I would I would like that quite a bit for that player. 
Hamler's yeah, interesting. Those are all, that's that's yeah. a real interesting Hamler's poll. is interesting there. And real quick, too, for listeners, go back and listen to my interview with Teron Davenport, ESPN NFL Nation reporter. We talked about Corey Davis. He said, I still believe in Corey, but I think Corey has lost confidence in himself. And he also Ooh. said he doesn't think the team will pick up his option. Remember, he was a first-round pick, a top-10 pick, and he doesn't think they'll pick up the option. So if a, a wide receiver lands there, again, on the surface, it might not look great, but as early as next year, that wide receiver could easily be the wide receiver, too right alongside A.J. Brown. So watch out for a receiver in Tennessee. All right, boys, we're going to go over to the AFC East, and I purposely made sure none of us got our own teams. Thank you. (laughs) So I got the Patriots, and Okada, I hate to say this, but they need some help everywhere. It's fair. (laughs) They need some help everywhere. Obviously, Tom Brady has moved on. Jarrett Stidham is the presumed starter as of now. Again, we're recording this in April, so who knows? Yeah. There's rumors they can move up to three to get a quarterback. I mean, we have no idea, but they need to address that position at some point, whether it's this year or next year. They need to address running back because Sonny Michelle obviously has injury concerns. He's been in the league a couple of years. He's been okay, but nothing great. Obviously, they spent a first-round pick on him. Wide receiver, Nikhil Harry, complete question mark. Julian Edelman is on his last leg there. Unfortunately, he's kind of the last man standing of the offensive of grouping there that we've so used to seeing. Potentially um, a draft a tight day end. trade with Edelman? Yeah, potentially. Like, I could see that happening if they packaged him. To the to... Bucks. Oh, jeez. Oh, no. <laughs> could you imagine? Oh, <laughs> I mean, if anyone wants oh, to play with Tom no. Brady. <laughs> oh, no. That's, yeah, he would be the one, man. Oh, my um, gosh. That'd be Instagram super videos would come flowing out of his account. Oh, yeah. The hype videos would be unreal. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm already I'm, in my head. It's happening. So I'm going to oh, commit geez. to it. It's happening. Oh, uh, but man, they need skill position players across the board. So again, kind of like the Jaguars. I'm not saying they're that level of franchise. Okada, don't, don't kill me. Uh, but they definitely are not going to be super relevant for fantasy. I don't think this year, uh, but we'll see. It's a great organization. They've surprised us in the past. We'll see what happens, but. Any player that lands there because of the great coaching um, and because of the openings that they have at the depth chart, definitely encouraging for fantasy long term. All right, boys, on to very uninspiring team. I hate to say it, but it is. We've got to talk about the Jets. Ew. John, take it away here. First and foremost, I'm, I'm mad that you gave me the Browns and the Jets, but um, <laughs> yeah, that was me. Here's, here's the deal <laughs> opportunity abounds. But I don't know that it matters. Mm. Um, they Ouch. are presumed at this point to go wide receiver in the first round. CeeDee Lamb or Jerry Judy, whichever one lasts to them, it sounds like they could potentially take them. I don't really care. They are supreme talents, but you're putting them in an Ooh. Adam Gase offense with an atrocious offensive line, a quarterback that's seeing ghosts. Um, a 30 plus year old running back that averages two and a half yards a carry. I is he 30? Pretty sure Bell's. I think he's 20, gonna be 29. Okay. This year. Okay. He looks. I was gonna say, wow, that he, happened fast. He looks yeah, 30. He, he, he looks 35. Is, I think maybe he's 29. And two and a half yards a carry was off the top of my head, but it's not good. It's bad. It's very <laughs> inefficient with a bad offensive line. He's the patient runner that needs good blocking to set up in front of him, and then he attacks it with good vision and patience, and then he makes things happen. If the blocking's not there, 
Bell doesn't have his game. So they have great opportunities for players to come in, but they're not good opportunities. And I don't know that the production is going to be there. I don't trust Adam Gase at all with any fantasy asset ever. I'm, I'm not excited. Now, the only thing that I would say is if they get one of these elite wide receivers and that wide receiver can overcome the system and be the go-to guy for Sam Darnold, Sam Darnold gets his confidence back. This wide receiver gets a ton of volume. They could potentially produce and that's okay, but it's concerning. I would still take an elite wide receiver there because these wide receivers are so freaking good. If it's a Judy or Lamb there, I still want them. I don't know that I want them with the like third or fourth overall pick in a super flex. Like I'd move them down, but um, they're very talented. And if they can get a good connection with the quarterback and get the volume that will be available to them, especially a lamb that's a yards after the catch monster, um, I'd still like it. But anyone going to Adam Gase just concerns the hell out of me. I would like to provide a small counterpoint, John, and you tell me if you agree with it after I say it. Okay. I agree that no. it is impossible to trust Adam Gase. Across the board, he makes he has terrible offenses. He's horrible for quarterbacks. The one place he does not hurt, though, is a slot receiver. He has always fed True. his slot receiver. True. Jarvis Landry, yep. Jamison Crowder. Yep. If like a Justin Jefferson were to go here in the second round instead oh. of a wide receiver in the first, I don't know if I'd hate it. Okay, that I'll buy. That I'm okay. that I'm all for. I agree with I you. Sold Jar- it. Jarvis Landry was a solid wide receiver two option when he was down in Miami when the rest of the team was doo doo. So if doo 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 doo. So if they do go round two slot wide receiver like a Justin Jefferson, who I love, um, it's not my favorite spot for Jefferson by any means, but fair. That would be intriguing especially because i think sam darnold (laughs) on the quick read to a slot wide receiver catch release hit him on a slant um fits his game really well it takes pressure off of him it slows down the pass rush for him i could see that making sense so that would be okay but if you're going like deep threat wide receiver like a henry ruggs i don't want any part of a henry ruggs on the jets fair nope if CeeDee Lamb or Jerry Judy falls to the Jets, I'll I will cry. cry. I'll cry. And mm. if you're listening to this podcast, tune into the live stream. I yes. guarantee you tears will yes. fall out of my eyes. We will both be I so I love upset. those guys. They're so, so good, and it would just be so ruined. But here's what you do in Dynasty is if they fall there, you don't take them this year in your rookie draft, and you put a note either in your phone or mm. write it down or something. Trade, trade for on October 1st. Yes. Yeah. Put a reminder. Yes. <laughs> hey, Siri, remind me to trade for Jerry Judy. <laughs> On Next October year, 1st, week or four. half year through the year, week four. they're not going to start off well. It's going to be terrible, but obviously elite prospects, yep. and they could bounce back. Sam Darnold's still super young, so uh, I like that call there, John, for sure. Let's go right back to you, uh, Okada. Let's talk about the Bills. Yeah, Bills are another interesting team, uh, up-and-coming team for sure. Quarterback, they're set. Running back is probably the most interesting spot, and it's because of Devin Singletary, and it really depends on how you view Devin Singletary. Sorry, Michelle. I really like Devin Singletary. I actually love Devin Singletary, and I think he can be a feature back, but a lot of people in the industry that are smart do not think that, and we don't know for sure if the Bills think that. They did let some guys walk and kind of make room for him. 
If they draft a guy in the first three rounds, it tells me they're not. They're not set on Devin Singletary, and that guy has definite value. Because yep. if he can beat Singletary out or be a compliment to him, this offense is going to run a lot, and he will be good. If they don't, that boosts Devin Singletary's value. So just watch that. From the receiver standpoint, also pretty interesting. Now they have Stephon Diggs, obviously. Also have John Brown. So surprisingly decent talent there after having some of the worst receivers in the league a couple years ago. Right. Uh, also Cole Beasley in the slot, but that's, you know, right. eh. Uh, what I would like to see, this is similar to another team that I've, I broke down earlier and I can't remember who it is now, but I'd like to see the big body guy go there. Maybe it was the Steelers. Uh, someone who can be a red zone target for Josh Allen. He does not have that right now at all. I still Maybe want Dawson Knox. I still want T yes. Higgins in Buffalo. T Higgins could be very interesting there. Any of the guys I mentioned before when I was talking about these big guys, I would really like to see them get a red zone threat. If he does, he's very quickly a threat for eight plus touchdowns. So I like that. I would like that a lot. Uh, if they go someone in a John Brown or a Stephon Diggs mold, that's less interesting to me because those guys are very well entrenched and very talented. Definitely intriguing. And shout out to one of our writers, uh, Jake Rip at Jake Takes FF on Twitter. Put this out. Only one team, uh, one NFL team has finished top 10 in team rushing play percentage each of the last five years, five years in a row. Any guesses who? The answers in his comments are the Bills. So. Mm. Just to speak to that, Devin Singletary could be a huge winner, could be a huge loser. Same thing to say uh, for a rookie there in Buffalo. So nice stat there, Jake. All right, it is on to me. We were talking about the Dolphins. They've got needs. They've definitely got needs. They've <laughs> got a really codes. <laughs> different areas. <laughs> they have a solid, young, up-and-coming tight end that we all like in Mike Kosicki. So I don't think they'll address that position necessarily to at least be fantasy-relevant. But running back, no doubt about it. They have Jordan Howard as their RB1 right now. And behind him, they literally have nothing except for Patrick Laird, who was a fun story last year, but that's about it. So running back is really intriguing. We've seen some mocks where they take a running back in round one. I'm not sure they will, but if they do, obviously super intriguing. Quarterback is definitely in need. This team is taking quarterback in the NFL draft. The only question is, is it Tua? Or is it Herbert? Or do they get really aggressive and go up and get Burrow at one? We'll see. But definitely taking a quarterback. And for Dynasty, that's really, really intriguing. Obviously, we saw uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick have some success there last year. It'll be a system where the rookie will come in and probably won't produce a ton right away. But will definitely take time to develop. So interesting Dynasty assets here. And the same is true for wide receivers. They've got Devontae Parker who had, what, the six-year breakout, which we always yep, see. classic. <laughs> the classic But they've got breakout. they've got Preston Williams coming off the ACL, so still kind of an unproven asset in the NFL. So honestly, guys, this is similar to other teams we talked about. Really intrigued by the opportunity. Don't love it in redraft, uh, but I believe the running back that goes here will get a lot of volume, and of course, we like to see volume in fantasy. All right, fellas, we're going to kick it over now to the AFC West. Let's start with the Chargers. And by the way, those uniforms, Ooh. oh, mm. baby, those Ooh. are spicy. You stole my, those are awesome. stole my hook. That's what I was going yeah, to leave. Those are nice. Those jerseys are, they won the jersey sweepstakes this offseason. Yes, easily. Um, easily. They look so clean. Um, the Chargers are really interesting. They have Austin Eckler. I could see them adding depth behind him as another running back because all they have there is Justin Jackson. Um, 
behind him really. And, and by the way, if they don't address running back early, I think that Justin Jackson carries some intriguing value mm. this year because mm-hmm. Eckler is not a 20 carry a, a game guy. He's using the passing mm-hmm. game and with like, you know, six to eight carries a game, there's another 10 to 14 carries on the table for whoever's there. So Justin Jackson, keep your eye on him. I have him stashed in a couple dynasty leagues. Um, but if they do address running back early, that running back can come into some early success. Wide receivers, Keenan Allen, love Mike Williams. Okay. Probably would beat out any incoming rookie and has an opportunity. Quarterback is the big question mark because they let Phillip rivers go. Um, I don't know if all the Tyrod Taylor is not a bridge quarterback stuff is real or if it's just smoke. I'm thinking it's smoke. I, I'm thinking they're taking quarterback early. Uh, Justin Herbert has been mocked to them since like February um, all over the place. It fits too well. I think it might happen. But again, there might be some crazy shakeup at the top of the draft where the top five becomes all jumbled and then you have burrow Tua, and herbert off the board before jacksonville or i'm sorry not jacksonville before the chargers are on the clock and if that happens i don't know if they're going to reach for a jordan love or if they are just going to roll with taylor and waiting to maybe pick up a quarterback in the second or third round maybe an a la jalen hurts something along those lines could potentially happen so it's going to be intriguing to see the quarterback position is very much up in the air Everything else, I think, is pretty well entrenched. They have Hunter Henry, if he can stay healthy at tight end. Two good wide receivers. I think they need depth behind him. I wouldn't hate a wide receiver potentially landing there, a slot guy. Um, Although, Keenan Allen works a lot out of the slot as well. So, I don't think there's a whole lot of targets to go around for a wide receiver that lands with the Chargers. I would say that running back might be the most intriguing, but I don't really love any skill position player landing with the chargers this year is this the best qb landing spot for you guys absolutely it is 100 my favorite landing spot you're gonna walk in with austin eckler the most quarterback friendly check down running back in the league other than maybe christian mccaffrey with keenan allen an elite route runner that operates out of the slot and can win on every level of the field Mike Williams, a big body target. Hunter Henry, a super athletic tight end. An improved offensive line that they put a lot of capital into this offseason. It is a great landing spot. As an Oregon product, I'm hoping Justin Herbert lands mm-hmm. there. It's my favorite spot for him to potentially go. It's it's a great landing spot for a quarterback. Definitely. All right, man, we are on to the Chiefs. We have Okada kicking it off here. Uh, man. Great offense. Is there a lot of opportunity to go around, Okada? What are your thoughts? Well, they they got to address the quarterback position because they don't have one of those. Yeah, they're, they're really uh, in need. <laughs> He's bottom five. Okay, so the Chiefs are actually kind of intriguing and not where you would expect. So a lot of people talk about a running back going there. I don't like a running back going there. I don't either. It's not First of all, I think Damian Williams is talented. I have somewhat may be on an island in that regard. I'm not sure. Uh, but I think that Andy Reid has kind of gone away from his old havoc uh a, a, you know a bell cow rb1 strategy we used to think that about him and now he's it's the new nfl he adapts well he's like bill belichick he knows that you don't just stick with what was working 10 years ago and i think that it's going to be a uh committee situation if they draft anyone so i don't think it's a great spot for a running back um i think he would whoever it is would mix in with damian williams uh, and a wealth of other guys, including DeAndre Washington, who they just added, Darwin Thompson, all the D 
W's on this team. Uh, receiver is where it's interesting for me, and this may be a hot take, but I think a receiver is the Kansas City is a great spot for a rookie receiver, especially one who maybe is a little bit of a developmental project. Sammy Watkins, they re-signed to a one-year deal. They've done this now twice. I They're just going to try to win another Super Bowl with him and then probably let him walk. They don't want to give him the big-term contract that he thinks he should get. Also, he doesn't even can't even decide if he wants to play football for a long period of time, so who knows with him. Uh, Tyreek Hill will certainly be there, but after that, Michael Hardman is good, but he's kind of a pigeonholed guy. He's going to be a speed guy. I think they could get another guy who maybe even leads the team in targets within a couple years because Tyreek Hill is not necessarily a 140-target guy. And if you have Patrick Mahomes leading an offense with a guy getting 130 targets as the lead receiver, that sounds pretty good to me. So I think this is actually one of the sneaky best uh, like day two or three wide receiver landing spots in the NFL. May I, present to, may I present to you an, an opportunity for someone who is also very, very fast mm. because they need more of that, but who has more to his game than just that. May I present to you a Mr. Jalen Rager Ooh. to the yes. Kansas City to Chiefs. Yes. Ooh. I saw that rumor come out. Yes, I like Man, it a lot. Speed, speed, speed. Uh, that would be... Oh, it feels Lethal. so bad for that division. Oh, man. my gosh. How do you stop that? It you can't. To suck. Raiders. You can't. <laughs> yeah. Raiders hey, are let's like, talk right, about well, the Raiders. We need to draft uh, five <laughs> quarterbacks this year. That's fantastic. Yeah, let's let's talk about the Raiders. Uh, I had the fortune of drawing that team. Um, Congratulations. At running back, yeah, thanks. At running back, they are pretty well set with Josh Jacobs, obviously, taking him in round one last year. They have their pass-catching running back in Jalen Richard, who they re-signed. They like him a lot. Tight end. Darren Waller, a really nice surprise last year, but there is definitely a major, major hole at wide receiver. They've been mocked to take one of the top guys, Jerry Judy or CeeDee Lamb, uh, potentially Ruggs, but those two, at uh, the first two names I mentioned, have been uh, really consistent mocks to them at the 12th pick. Um, they also have two first-round picks, which is really intriguing, so definitely watch out for wide receiver there in uh, Las Vegas could immediately step in and be that team's wide receiver one would playing be. alongside Tyra Williams. Would yeah, be. definitely. If, if they're round one, then yeah. yes, for sure. Yeah. Um, but they will address the position. It's just a matter of how early uh, I think they will address in round one. And then at quarterback, Derek Carr, he's probably a starting caliber quarterback in the NFL. I, I think he is at least not top tier by any means, but they could address the position. I think if they do, it, it won't be, you know, it won't be these top tier guys that we're talking about. The Tua's, the Burrow, obviously, the um, Herbert. It, that won't be them. But they could address it later and, and pick up a guy to develop behind Derek Carr. So watch out for that for long-term dynasty value. But the immediate impact player to watch for here is definitely a wide receiver. This All right, John, let's kick it over to... Go I was ahead. just going to say one more thing on the Raiders. This could be, like you were saying, kind of a late quarterback situation. If Jacob Eason landed with the Raiders I would be intrigued by that because he's got a cannon of an arm um really good natural ability a long-term play a developmental I'm not saying oh yeah, yeah. Way, but like as someone that you can get in the third or fourth round of a Superflex dynasty startup if you went to the Raiders as a developmental project I'd, I'd probably take that late round flyer on, on Jacob Eason yeah, that'd be an intriguing uh, prospect to watch develop there behind Carr for sure. Yeah. 
All right, John, let's wrap up the AFC. Last team here, the Broncos. The Broncos are intriguing. A young and up-and-coming team with a young quarterback in Drew Locke, who I love simply because he was rapping on the sideline. Um, oh, very true. That video is amazing. <laughs> it's so good. And his uh, interview about it is also just super choice. Um, but he's intriguing. He's interesting. They have so much young talent on this team at wide receiver and at tight end they've got Noah Fant at tight end super athletic uh prospect there I don't think they're going to be looking tight end in this draft um they have Cortland Sutton who is an emerging I think superstar wide receiver like this guy is so good um at running back they're kind of entrenched they just brought in Melvin Gordon on a two-year deal um I think that they're going to involve him pretty heavily they also have Philip Lindsay Royce Freeman Oregon boy I love you I'm sorry your bench fodder at this point. Um, Ouch. It's it's rough. It hurts because he was so good in college. So I don't think they're going to be looking running back. Um, wide receiver is very interesting because they do need a wide receiver too. They lost Emmanuel Sanders in a trade with uh, the San Francisco 49ers last season, who now he's already on to New Orleans to go hang out with Drew Brees and Michael Thomas. So a second wide receiver in Denver would be really intriguing to me. Um, and, and I'm going to put a little bit of a twist on this. My favorite situation for Denver is that they draft Henry Ruggs so that it makes Cortland Sutton and Noah Fant better. It's not that I necessarily want Ruggs there, but it helps Drew Locke. It opens up the defense. It spreads things out. Noah Fant has more opportunities underneath. Cortland Sutton has more room to work. Uh, pass catching running backs. Melvin Gordon's very good in the passing game. Like as a team for a fantasy perspective, I would like to see a Henry Ruggs there. Um, if it's a different wide receiver and they don't go deep speed guy and it's a uh, slot or someone that can line up on the opposite side, then that person might see decent value and volume as well. So I think the wide receiver position is the most intriguing skill position to watch in Denver, especially depending on the draft capital that they that they go, um, and the the type of receiver that they draft. If they go another big body, I'm not going to love that. I want it to be someone that has some wiggle, can operate, you know, deep routes, who can also you know work underneath and stuff like that. So that's going to be intriguing to watch. I think wide receiver is definitely the best to go. Yeah, I agree in that the 15th pick, they've kind of been uh, mocked there a lot for wide receivers. So it is really, really yeah. intriguing. I think that's going to be a perfect fit for Ruggs. I do hope he goes there. Like you said, opens up for Sutton, for Fant, Drew Locke. It would be fantastic. Yep. All right, guys, we're going to close out the show here, ending the AFC, uh, all four divisions here. Lots of teams to talk about, obviously, with each of those landing spots. But before we do, a reminder for everyone, check out trophysmack.com. That is the sponsor of today's show, and they are legit. They are awesome. Trophysmack.com slash redshirts is the link. Use code redshirts when you go there and you find your trophy that you want. What you're going to get with that code is a free championship ring, Ooh. which you cannot replace. It is awesome. And if you're a commissioner, Shiny. there's a good chance you commission two different leagues. So what you can do is buy a trophy for one, get a free ring for the other, boom, you're done and you're ready for the season. Oh, so so check those guys best. out. Trophy Smack, so efficient. TrophySmack.com slash redshirts. Again, the code is redshirts to get that free ring. All right, boys. Tons of fun here talking AFC. What we're going to do is 
talk NFC on the next show. So if you're done listening to the AFC show, go ahead and just hit the next uh, podcast here. We're going to go ahead and kick it over to the NFC. Until next time, we are the Richards. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast. Hit us up on Twitter at RedShirtsFFPod and check out our website, RedShirtsFantasyFootball.com.